Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts. I have two guests today. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome Annie Bailey, hailing from Salzburg. Hi, Annie. Hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me back. And we are joined by Martin Kupinger. He is one of the founders and the principal analysts of Kupinger Call Analysts. Hi, Martin. Good to see you. Hi, Annie. Hi, Matthias. Great to have you. And we want to continue our discussion that we started uh, earlier at EIC in the initial episode that we talked about that we want to uh, have a deeper dive into the Global Assured Identity Network, uh, with this, which is abbreviated with GAIN. Um, this is an, an initiative, um, a, a structure that aims at exchanging highly trustworthy identity information that is then used for additional purposes. So it's really a global network, assured identities all in the name and organizations mainly focusing currently on banks um, are, are called to action to interoperate to provide these identities directly to relying parties. Um, this is the, the, the core idea, really nothing really new, um, but it seems to be as if it could be happening this time. Um, Annie, do you want to add to that as well? Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting proposal then, and it's it's finding itself somewhere in between a centralized approach and a decentralized approach to providing this verified identity. So it's um, at times, uh, or it could be considered centralized approach because it is being um, set out by um, an organization which does have, you know, some level of, of oversight and control over the processes. Um, it's not completely decentralized where there's there's no ability for one party to go in and um, uh, implement any any sort of measures or controlling yeah. or guiding yeah, uh, things. But on the other hand, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the, the, what I like is this idea of combining the, the strengths of both. So, mm -hmm. so you can reuse your identity uh, ideally everywhere with a defined level of assurance, but you have that party that helps you in um, sort of, or you can use the identity you already have set up with a, with a party in a, in a strong KYC, so know your customer-based compliant process. And I think this is an, this is an interesting, interesting approach. Um, so making strong, well-verified identities work beyond the silos of the banks or telcos or whoever um, has set up that identity. Exactly. And and um, it adds a level of trust. I, I read it somewhere around the topic of gain that Kim Cameron once said that the internet is missing this trust layer. And um, they are now aiming with gain to, to add this level of trust. And it could be decentralized identities or self-issued or uh, issued or identities issued by a, a commercial company, uh, but it could also be identities provided by a, a, uh, a governmental organization as well. So we add trust. So what's, what's the value of adding this trust when it comes to business, when it comes to um, at, at global business, Annie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's um, a huge value in, in increasing the assurance level of um, both the identity and the authentication processes that um, most of the time customers are going through. Um, but we could envision this also for um, the workforce as well, for employees, suppliers, partners, things like that. And so being able to boost that assurance level um, of incoming 
information about your customer, um, helps you know that uh, fraud isn't occurring, that this is somebody who is trustworthy, and it also then saves time and resources in not needing to verify that information because it's already coming in with a high level of assurance um, because somebody else, um, namely here in, in this uh, scenario, financial institutions have already done that. So you can inherit that trust um, and really know your customer, um, bringing in that yeah. KYC principle. And, and, and even while it's only in quotas at a trust level um, for a trust layer for, for human identities, I think it's a very important one because it, because um, for now we, we we still have to onboard bank A and B and C and a telco A and at that e-commerce side etc. So we do it very frequently and and it's it's in some way it's repetitive it's annoying. It's when you go outside of the, the, the regulated space it's usually also not very very strong and very secure. So there's a logic in in, in having having something like that and. Um, the interesting thing is that it doesn't really stand in conflict with, with other approaches. So um, it, it is just extending what you do internally, but it also um, is something which is about reusable identities, about having something you, you can reuse. It even can work with decentralized identity approaches because that identity a bank creates could also be a decentralized identity which sits in the wallet and even then with also with the standards approach of the gain network um, theoretically there's there's some some probably in the future practically there's some uh, some ability to mix these things so I think we, we are uh, on a relatively uh, looking at a relatively interesting um, evolution here giving just more choice and more flexibility and more options to the business. Right, and, and Annie, you just mentioned that in, in, in half a sentence, you mentioned enterprise use cases. We usually, when you talk about uh, about gain, we're talking about enabling e-commerce, enabling trust, enabling high-profile, highly critical transactions. Um, is this something, and we as Kupinger Call, we are doing IAM for a very long time. Do you, do you Martin, see um, this, this um, also providing benefit to enterprise use cases, to onboarding? Um, um, employees, employing partners, employing external staff, freelancers. Uh, could that be a use case there as well? Yeah, so, so I think for partners, it's very obvious. For partners, it, it makes a lot of sense to have a verified identity of partners um, to simplify onboarding processes. But but even when you look at a global workforce, for instance, and, and GAIN has a global global focus. So, so approaches like GAIN or, or also decentralized identities, um, these approaches can help in, in simplifying and streamlining these processes and at the end reducing process length and process cost. Right. So if, if you look at it from a, from a different angle, um, banks differ really drastically when it comes to the user experience that you have. And all of them have this issue and this challenge of, of providing trust and understanding their customers, as you've mentioned, with KYC processes. But not every user experience is really good. Um, when GAIN um, focuses on this banking identity, could that mean that this is also a, a drawback? Could this backfire to the banks that are not providing this um, this potentially very nice and, and simple and, and a streamlined user experience, Annie? Yeah, that's something which we'll have to 
wait and see, you know, so we, we, um, as of yet, we're still working with a theoretical proposal and, and working towards a technical proof of concept. Um, so it will be interesting to see how um, banks are then presenting this, how um, GAIN is, is presenting this as a user interface. But um, yeah, from personal experiences, some banks um, have a really great user experiences and some banks don't. And so if GAIN is um, kind of funneling all authentication processes through the bank, then there's gonna be a huge variety in, in experiences that users have and may or may not associate with GAIN. It's gonna be um, interesting to, to see also the branding if, if GAIN is really gonna be a, a known um, entity here or if it's you know, if, if all of the associations that user was, would have um, are directed towards their bank. So there's, there's questions. Um, yeah, this is an open question. Yeah, but, but I think there, there, there should be a tendency in um, banks also in improving their, their terms. I think we, that's, that's a tendency we anyway observe, you know, when you look at banks, that the most banks are, are making progress, sometimes faster, sometimes slower. But at the end, they are making progress. And um, on the other hand, as I said, the, the big advantage is you don't need, so you have a strong, reliable identity and you don't know, need to go through multiple KYC processes. And we all know that KYC processes um, always are in, in some way cumbersome, sometimes more, sometimes less, uh, but they, they are then and, uh, and ne never, never really smooth. And so from that perspective, I, I definitely see an advantage uh, in this approach, um, and I, I definitely like the idea uh, behind it. I think at the end, time will tell which approaches, and it will be probably multiple approaches, uh, are, are mostly used for which use cases. But but I, I definitely have to hope that we can use a strong proven identity across more places uh, in in a not too distant future than we can today, use today. I would fully agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they are, uh, they have a strong timeline. So they are moving towards a test bed, a POC installation um, early next year. So, um, so if things really work out, if gain uh, gets to the traction and to the influence we all expect it to have, um, then there would be a business imperative for banks to join because it will be then an enabler for business. And on the other hand, with the customer having probably some choice, um, they would maybe even change banks towards a bank that provides a better user experience when it comes to reusing it again and again. Yeah, and, and, and you, know, you know what we must not underestimate is for a bank, that is about um, the, the customer interface, the customer touch point. So, so if I use uh, with my bank, the authentication for many, many use cases, the likeliness that I will stay with my bank will intensely increase. So I think there's a clear benefit for banks than to be part of the network and to be really, really good in what they offer to me as a customer so that I say, okay, I'm happy with this. And, and even, even when I might consider switching my bank, I might say, hey, at the end, I like that authentication. I better leave it as is. 
right? And as we want to look into aspects that have not yet been so thoroughly covered um, in 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 the press and in podcasts and anything, um, I, we want to look have a, a quick look at privacy. Um, when I think of organizations that deal with customer data, they usually um, get these um, privacy requests so that c companies need to lay open where their information is used and for what and even have the request to have it deleted. In this decentralized world with game being the, the broker or the, yeah, the, 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 informa the information, um, yeah, the, the organization that makes sure that everybody knows where the right information is stored and available, where can privacy then be um, um, fulfilled when the customer says, where do you keep my information? Where do you use it? Where does it travel? Uh, something like a privacy portal or something like that, Annie? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So um, again, so we don't know fully what this is going to look like. There's um, a mention and a brief description of it in the initial white paper from GAIN, um, which is describing a privacy portal, which is a, a really interesting offering and, and opportunity for end users to use. And, and what this is, is a, a centralized place where the user can see where they have shared their private information um, with which entity at which time for how long they are going um, have access to that information, you know, what their, what their, um, the, the legal time frame for that access is. If they still agree with that, they can um, recall it back. Um, and, and this is something which we haven't really had an opportunity to have before because um, this is then the, the centralized um, aspect of this as well, where there is a, a place centered around the user where they can see the full list um, and have control. Um, but yeah, it, it brings up other um, questions and potentially um, positives for banks as well, because if then um, this privacy portal is um, then associated with um, with the bank because of course the user is going through their bank for um, onboarding, for uh, authentication, for all of these interactions with other service providers. If they have to go through the bank to have that privacy portal, then that's yeah one more way that that brand association becomes even stronger. Yeah. On the other hand, um, that would be an argument for for going fully decentralized, and, and not to to extend this talk too long, but going fully decentralized where 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 the user has the control, so to speak, uh, around his wallet in a broader sense. Um, but um, I, I think at least having a place where you can manage it is a, would be a, a huge step forward. So, yeah, let, let's look where Gain is heading, finally. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a final word, in, I, I understand, Annie, that you just provided a, a leadership brief document for Kupinger Call Analysts and that this is in the, in the process of being published very soon. So the audience interested in learning more about that could have a look at Kupinger Call very soon. When will it be out? Oh. Yeah. Next week or the week after, I believe. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So if yeah. You it's a nice it, explainer. It's so it's an introduction to gain and, and diving in a little deeper into some of these topics we've talked about today. Right. And there's much more to talk about, and we will continue that discussion. Thank you very much um, to Annie and Martin for joining me today for having a deeper look into gain, but there's even more deeper to go in future episodes. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank pleasure. you. Bye bye.